Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. The mission of Dealing with Goliath is to sharpen the psychological edge in negotiation and high-impact conversations for business leaders with skin in the game who want to be more effective under pressure, uncover hidden value, and increase profitability. With expert guests across the business spectrum, we deliver gems of wisdom delving into their methods, their thinking, and approach to business life and problem solving. This is the double espresso shot of insight through our short interview format, with five questions in about 15 minutes. I'm your host, Al McBride, and my guest today is Joseph D'Souza. Joseph is focused on teasing out the real human beings in the executives, leaders, and business owners he coaches. He is the creator of The Rock Model, conversation starter and founder of Quest Unique Professional Coaching. He says that we make better decisions when we are anchored in who we are as human beings, are conscious and willful in our world of relationships and leverage our work to support the fulfillment of life with purpose and meaning. His TED Talks share the story of rock. So Joseph, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Thank you, Alistair. So good to be on here. And a very good morning from a sunny uh, uh, summer's morning in uh, the Yarra Valley in Australia, which is about uh, 100 kilometers east of Melbourne. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I, I was down that part of the world a few years ago, and it's fabulous. So quite jealous. We're <laughs> just coming out of winter here still, yeah. having all these yeah. cold snaps. So, so I am envious. So, but it's great to have you on the show, Joseph. Um, Thank you. Great, great to have you. So let's dive straight in. So who is your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge that they face? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, my ideal question, uh, uh, target clients are people in leadership positions, whether they be small business or corporations, uh, whatever it takes, where they have to influence other people. And of course, in today's corporate world, you're leading yourself as well. You're a lone professional. And uh, most of the time, these people are juggling success mm. and stress and seeking okay. that work-life balance. You know, uh, they, they want to have financial freedom. They want to have the freedom to choose. Uh, and all of that is going on at the same time whilst they're trying to do their job. And I never forget also the other ideal client, and that's the stay-at-home partner or parent. Okay. They are doing such an incredible amount of work for humanity, bringing up families, looking after and supporting the people that do, do go out to work. And they are also wondering, how am I going to be acknowledged? Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, as you said, there's a lot of stress there. There's a lot of frustration. So what are some of those common mistakes people make when, they, when they're trying to solve that problem that don't quite work? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, biggest mistake, and I call it a mistake, is having that fear of being judged. Ah, okay. All right? Uh, and... If we forgot that fear, we'd be trying a lot more. 
we'd be sort of releasing some of our potential to explore more, to give more of our best. But even at the top of the ladder in leadership positions, we're afraid of how we will be judged on results as perceived by others. I see that as a fundamental mistake. Well, I, I agree. I agree, but we're kind of on the same page on that one, aren't we? But yeah, yeah. So, so if people are, as you said, they're afraid to be judged. Is it just that, you know, the, they feel they should have this solved already? Or is it a judge, as you said, that they'll let other people down and that they'll, whatever they've built, as you said, often they're quite successful people. So whatever they've built might fall apart. Or what exactly is the fear as part of that judgment? That, that's very perceptive. If you think about building a house, if you don't have a solid foundation, don't worry about putting the walls, let alone the roof, because right. that'll all collapse. And what do I mean by foundation? When we are not anchored in ourselves about who we are, about our values, our sense of meaning, our sense of purpose, then we are at the mercy of the demands put on us. And sometimes we invoke the demands because of our perception of how we see uh, our world. Right, right. So as I said, it all comes back to the framing in our head, the meaning we give to things, uh, however helpful or unhelpful. Right, right. Yeah. So and, and another, yeah, another mistake uh, that is often made is we allow ourselves to be restrained by our own paradigms. Okay. Now that's Talk a very confronting. This. Yeah, there's, there's a lot yeah. to unpack there. Yeah. The, 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 you know, it's, it's very confronting uh, to even hear that. You know, what, me? You know, what, am I restraining myself? No, I want to do more. But how do we know that? Because we can only think from the framework of our experience, which is the past and perhaps some lessons learned, you know, uh, a reward and theory uh, uh, or reward and punishment kind of experience. And so I've done that before it worked, let me do more of it. I've done that before it didn't work, so I won't do more of it. Right. Instead of approaching each circumstance or situation on merit. Right. So we are restraining ourselves from the limitations of our own paradigms. That's a mistake. That's fascinating, and and it's all obviously a mistake because it's what the quote is in the the resulting fallacy where because you try something and it didn't work, it may be unpleasant, yep. but n equals one, <laughs> even if it's n equals two or three, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. It means it didn't work with that person or whatever that example, that one situation. You got it. And then imagine, imagine putting ourselves under pressure from peers and sometimes the peers put the pressure but sometimes we assume the peers are putting pressure on us Correct. and then we act accordingly that's yeah? right that's it's, right it's very tricky it's very tricky and uh, this whole concept of competition i must win i must be better than the others you're setting yourself up with obstacles and maybe you'll develop some great talents of being an obstacle jumper. Uh, but at the end of the day, these obstacles take away energy and they take away our ability to actually see far ahead. And if we are stifling ourselves, how as leaders are we going to inspire those 
that are that we're leading right Absolutely. so it we we then pass on the uh uh <laughs> the legacy if you will of our own restrictions it's fascinating because as you say if as you said a lot of your clients are probably in those leadership positions uh, and it's all about the atmosphere they create isn't it yep so as i said so how do i motivate my workforce you know how often have we heard this and and you think motivate it's like oh a carrot stick external prodding you know uh, whereas it the question is how do i inspire my team Absolutely. how do i get at what they need and stoke those the fire in the belly so that i don't yeah. need to motivate them you know Absolutely. you see as as leaders uh we are mistaken in thinking we have to do something to the team or we have to do something <laughs> to the followers right very true and 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 it is actually quite a truism that says the role of the leader is to inspire others to give up their best i take it a step further the role of a smart leader is to ignite in others their own well of inspiration to come forward imagine the potential that releases i've been in teams where people feel oh gosh he trusts me to make my own decisions and look what more i can get and that's what the leader's job is not to manage the team not to tell them what to do but to inspire them to grow them to ignite in them their own spark of enthusiasm of energy to actually provide their best absolutely i mean you you're reminding me of of you know the key parts of the high performing team yes by definition they have to be more than the sum of their parts and a yes. team that gets along quite well aren't ne still aren't necessarily more than the sum of their parts they're just the sum of their parts <laughs> yes whereas when there's conflict and people are holding things back because as you said they're they're insecure they're afraid of being judged uh, we're, we're 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 taking that from the singular leader to that spreading through the team then no wonder you know they're not even the sum of their parts because they're holding things back there's as yeah. you said these fear responses so with that in mind and with that idea of the leader and then springing out and rolling out to their team what might be one valuable free action that the audience could implement that would help with that issue so it wouldn't maybe solve it but it would certainly put them in the right trajectory right remember what i said earlier on about when you build a house your foundation has got to be solid sure. let that cement set if you're using cement uh, make sure you've got the right ingredients to mix it all together and there's the right temperature all of that okay, okay. so think about that in your regular life you're driving to and from from work to and from the supermarket or whatever and you have a certain car if you want to go on an adventure off road as they say up the mountains follow some really adventurous tracks you actually need to change the car because if you don't you'll get stuck Right. So, so your Honda they, Civic won't do the four by four <laughs> off road bit. Okay. Well, well unless, unless it's a souped-up Honda Civic that right. has got four-wheel drive and uh, a lot of traction and a lot of height. As an analogy, uh, in order to really find our bearings, 
if we leave the workplace and say take a partner or take a friend and go for a walk in territory that isn't your everyday territory go for a walk in the mountains go for a walk in the forest go by the river right mm -hmm. and here's the challenge here's the important exercise don't say a word to the person you're walking with just go along and experience and be in the moment of what is surrounding you if there are animals or birds listen out for them don't try and name them don't try and name the tree don't look at your partner and say did you see that or what is that called stop that chatter of the mind and just be right just be present and you will find that the journey you have taken from your office or home by car to the forest, that's already you to drop some baggage behind. Right. Then you get out of the car and start walking, and now you're dropping even more baggage behind. And all the time, you're, what you're doing is going back to just being who you are as a human being, going back to that foundation mm -hmm. of who you are. Right. And as I said, without conversation, because conversation implies thinking, thinking implies thoughts, thoughts implies carrying that baggage. Right. Okay. And to to still the mind is very difficult, very challenging. But unless you try it, unless you do it and get comfortable, you won't know what it's like. So unless you are testing for that cement that's drying, that essence of who you are as a human being you're not going to build a good foundation. Now, that's one part of the exercise, and you might have to do it repeatedly to get comfortable, because initially it's strange, right? It, it sounds you like get, walking or moving meditation. Yes, I hesitate to call it meditation, sure. because meditation means so many different things to various people. Very uh, true. And if I say you're doing a walking meditation, people are going to say, well, how am I going to sit cross-legged and walk? Well. You know, well, let's, let's not go there. So when you get back to your home base, right, just notice how you feel as a result of not having had all that activity in the mind, all that noise, right? Notice how you feel. Notice how your partner or colleague felt and just absorb that emotion that feeling, that sensation of just being. And let me tell you, when you go back into the office and you're faced with the same challenges, try and get that same sensation of being. But okay, you can say, but now I'm in a noisy office and people are shouting and people are saying there's project deadlines and all of that. And I'm saying right. use that very environment and transmute it to take you to that sense of being, that sense of place of who you are, right? You don't have to bring the forest in your mind. That's bringing baggage back this, right? Use the environment in which you find yourself to derive that sense of peace, that sense of purpose. You will find that as a leader, your communications improve. You are able to connect with other human beings you're a bit more tolerant, you're less phased with panic right. and demands and more confident about your next steps. 
it's a very powerful step. And in, in, a, in a leadership world where there's a lots of challenges, people are going to say, how am I going to even have time to do that? But until you've tried, you won't know. What do your what else do your clients report about that? Because it must be a huge. First of all, okay, it may take, as you said, several times to get used to it, and to properly quiet the inner the inner voice chattering away, often saying unhelpful things, sometimes just talking nonsense. But and that's kind of what you're doing. You're quieting that being, as you said, more present to what's happening around you, the environment around you. When you bring that into the office, what, what do people report? Because uh, you said that they're communicating better. Is that, you know, they're, they're, are, they, are they being more intuitive? Are they actually just, get, their own noise is actually out of the way and they're able to see what's going on with, the, with greater clarity? What is it that's happening? Great, great question. Their own sense of awareness has expanded. And they are aware now of what is noise and what is meaningful. So when someone comes and panics, you know, we're going to miss this deadline, we're going to miss this deadline, or our sales targets are not going to be met for this month and all of that, you hear that as noise and your mind begins to focus, okay, what do we need to do about it? Rather than reacting to the panic, you are now proactively looking for ways with your gathering to how you're going to achieve that. So you're still performing, but now you're performing in a different way. If you were my leader and you came to me all stressed out about something I, I needed to do quickly, I'll be picking up your stress. And that immediately puts me on the wrong foot to try and do what I'm trying to do. Whereas the emotional contagion can work in a very positive way. That if you're much calmer, then the person who's in the panic will automatically calm that bit more down, down to your level. Okay, very, very. Absolutely. That is fascinating stuff. So, what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will help them with this? Okay, uh, for your listeners on this uh, podcast, I have change the entry point into my website and when they go in and register they have access to every single free resource that's available to someone who's registered but i would direct them to one uh little exercise in particular it's called the rock starter r-o-q-u-e rock starter right and the rock starter is a simple exercise and it looks at three key areas of your life who you are as a human being. We've talked about that a bit. Right. Your relationships, your special relationships, and then your career, your profession, your role or whatever. And in these three areas, it asks, what do you need right now? Right now, what do you perceive as a need in each of those areas? Okay. And then on the next column is, if those needs were satisfi- satisfied, what would be different? How would you feel? And then there's a little exercise that helps you prioritize and encourages you to set some goals to try and achieve what you need because you know that when you get those goals achieved, how you will feel and what will be different. Sounds fantastic. That's fantastic. So I, I, that, that link will obviously be below the, uh, the podcast and uh, on the blog 
Um, that's a fantastic resource. Thank you for that, Joseph. That's super. My pleasure. Uh, so tell me, what's one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to the audience? I know there's oh, so good. many. <laughs> that's yeah. <a> <laughs> one, an abundance there, but... Good one. Your your uh, podcast is all about dealing with Goliath. I suppose you could ask me, have I met Goliath? <laughs> all right. Have you met? Who is your Goliath and how did you fare? Yeah. You know, one day I was looking into the mirror and uh, looking at myself and all of a sudden I saw the image of Goliath. And almost instinctively, David also appeared. And when I saw David and Goliath, I then noticed an army of saboteurs. And then suddenly I noticed a whole congregation of mystics and sages. And in that moment, I realized I was all of that. I'm actually projecting through those images, depending on what state of mind I am. Right? And it occurred to me that if I was facing a certain situation and I was viewing it as Goliath, I would act as Goliath would, and I would get results based on those actions. Right. If I was acting or looking at the circumstances through David's eyes, I would take actions that David would take and get results based on David's action. The moral there really is we are both Goliath and David, we are our saboteurs and our sages and our mystics. Right. It's who are we going to choose to view the world with or through. So that tells me that how I look at the world and my circumstances dictate what kinds of actions I'm going to take. And those actions I take will deliver the results. Now, so, if I like the results, I can keep on viewing the world through that filter. If I don't like the results, just changing the actions won't because my mind is still trapped in a different paradigm. Yeah. So if we accept that we are Goliath ourselves and we are projecting Goliath's perspective, then we have an aha moment. I've also got David if I've got the Goliath. I've also got the <laughs> same if I've got the mystic. Who am I going to choose? Exactly. Who, who's right for what you want next? Yeah. yeah. But again, it's that, 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 as you said, the power, the awareness to recognize that and then make a choice. Absolutely. Which is the key behind, behind all of these things that we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have to take that... Uh, adventure and go off-road, as I said, uh, into a different environment in order to really find our center. We do. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and and you need, as I said, you need the right vehicle for the job. <laughs> yeah. Very important. Well, yeah. it was great to have you on the show, Joseph. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. I mean, Fabulous I, stuff. I, I really enjoy uh, talking to you. And one day we'll meet in person. Uh, you can offer me a glass of Guinness and I'll offer <laughs> you a glass of Australian fine wine. It, it's a deal. <laughs> Sooner <laughs> or later. <laughs> we'll, all right. Talk to you again soon, Joseph. Thanks for that. Okay. Cheers Bye. now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.